We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to One on One, a KC Sports Network podcast. Mike DeVito here with nine-year NFL veteran and KC Chiefs Super Bowl champion Jeff Allen. And we're here to bring you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. And this is an important one because this isn't, uh, I think, an episode we expected to be having this early. But we got the first loss, Jeff, the first W, tough game on the road in Baltimore. We talked about how it was going to be difficult. And we'll go into it more today, recap that, and then talk about the Chargers coming up. Talk about what it's like for a player to go through a tough loss like that. Uh, and we'll get into all that information. But before we do, our sponsor, Cookie Society Cookies. Man, every time I talk about it, my mouth, my mouth just starts watering, man, Jeff. I don't know how you do it being in that house. But <laughs> Cookie Society ships nationwide. Uh, make sure to check them out. CookieSociety.com, best cookies you're going to find out there. And you can go right on your computer and get them delivered to your house. So check them out, cookiesite.com. Thank you to our sponsor. Big Jeff, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing a little bit better, man. You know, yeah. it's Tuesday for us, so the Monday blues are gone after after a big loss. But, you know, looking forward to getting the win going into, to, um, you know, playing the Chargers. Yeah, man, we're going to get going, get playing those guys and, and put a whooping on those boys. But uh, let's recap this game real quick. Jeff, there are a number of things we can talk about. Obviously, yeah. we'll focus on the defense playing the run, and I want to sort of work back what I said the past couple weeks about not having to worry about stopping the run and qualify that statement a little bit. But from an offensive perspective, obviously 36 points, a lot of good stuff, difficulty with turnovers and important at important times. What was sort of your overall assessment of the offense uh, against the Ravens on Sunday? Yeah, I would say overall it was a good day. Um, they did a lot of good things, scored a lot of points. But ultimately, they turned the ball over in some critical situations that um, that turned the game. I mean, the, the interception path through kind of gave them life and gave them momentum. And then heading into, you know, possibly kick the game winning field goal, you know, we had to fumble. So those were two critical turnovers that kind of, you know, gave them life and, you know, they – Give them credit, you know. Yeah, they made the most of those turnovers, and they made them count. Yeah, yeah, and that's the key. That's the key. Uh, I was curious about what you thought about because because what I have seen some pushback on social media about Andy Reid running the ball at the end there, 
when that with that last turnover that obviously changed the game. Um, and this re- kind of reminded me back in 2000. Remember the 2015 season when we were we were up on the Chargers and we were we were tied. And we were about to go into overtime. Coach Reed ran it and Jamal fumbled it. Fumbled and they, it. they returned it for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah I, remember that. The Broncos, the Broncos. I, I don't think. Um, I mean. We wouldn't be talking about this if the ball wasn't fumbled. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> let's, just, that's right. Let's, just, let's just leave it that. He's calling yeah. the plays as he sees them. It, we just crossed the two-minute mark. You don't want to leave too much time on the clock. You know, right. for Baltimore, they were gashing our defense the entire game. So he made the right football decision by keeping the clock running. Yeah, yeah, you can give it to Pat, you know, let him throw a short pass or something like that. But that's not a guarantee. I mean, it's close to being a guarantee. That's the completion. But the – the safest thing to do is to run the ball. And as a professional football coach and as a professional player, it's your job to hang on to the ball, especially in a critical situation. So there's no point fingers here. There's no one to really blame. You know, what's done is done, but I think it was the right decision. Yeah, I totally agree. And this was this one kind of caught me off guard, which is why I wanted to lead with it, because it seems so much different than the not, not that the situation, not that I disagree with Coach Reed's play calling in 2015 with that situation. Uh, but obviously, that's a nightmare. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a nightmare. This seemed like that was the, that was clearly the right call. And so I just was surprised. That's why I brought it up. I was just a little bit surprised to see that uh, they people were questioning that when it just seemed, like you said, where you're at in the game with the time left, it just seemed like the right call to make. And so I'm glad you you clarified that because I was like, maybe I'm not seeing it right. Maybe he put it, maybe, he put it in the offense's hands. Right. Unfortunately, there was a turnover, but. You know, the best thing to do in that situation with the way that the game was going was to leave as least amount of time on the clock as right. possible. And 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 that was the direction they were heading in before the ball was, you know, turned over. Right. Talk to me about the sort of the run game. I think there was certainly some success, but maybe not the success uh, up front or not just up front, but on offense in general, running the football. Um, what did you what did you see? Was it just good, bad? Was it just that, you know, there weren't as many runs as you'd normally see? Or I, Yeah, I, I just think it wasn't as many runs as you normally see. I, yeah. I think they didn't really get into a groove. I don't think it was terrible. Um, you know, they had – they didn't give up too much penetration. They did give up penetration on that play where Clyde fumbled. I know everyone was pointing fingers and stuff, but there was penetration. I mean, the guy was pretty much unblocked. They got in the backfield and got his hand on the ball. But outside of that, I think they did, you know, the most of what they did have. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it's important to remember too, when you, and I remember, I think you and I had gone through the schedule earlier in an earlier podcast earlier this year. And we talked about sort of, if there's one game that you highlight and say, yeah, that's a game the chiefs could lose. It was the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, you look, this well, defense I, I, I definitely, I thought that I thought I knew it was going to be a tough game. Yeah. I thought we would pull it out, but, I mean, I talked about it last podcast. I knew exactly how Baltimore was going to come out. I knew how big of a game it was for them. I mean, starting off the season 0-2, that's not, that's not a good way to start. So for them, I'm not saying that it wasn't important for the Chiefs, but for them it was almost more do or die, backs against right. the wall. And sometimes it's good to lose games like this, um, yeah. especially early on because you learn a lot about your team. You learn, learn about, you know, how you're going to bounce back your perseverance. And it's a, it's a different team. I know – this team's been in Super Bowls. The nucleus is the same, but um, there's a lot of new parts. So, right. you know, they have to learn how to lose so they can win. Failure is, is a good thing when you can you can turn into a teaching moment. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, before we turn over to the defensive side of the ball, let's give another shout out to our sponsor, Tickets for Less. 
Looking to score an unbeatable deal on Chiefs tickets? My friends at Tickets for Less have you covered. Locally owned for more than 17 years, TicketForLess.com has the best selection of Chiefs tickets for any game, all without the outrageous taxes or poor ticket service fees you find at any other sites, which are which can be really be insane when you look at it. Yep. Plus, you can use your exclusive KCSN promo code from Tickets for Less to save even more. Use code KCSN21 at checkout to save big on any Chiefs order at ticketsforless.com. That's KCSN21. So check them out, Tickets for Less. All right, Big Jeff, let's let's go over to the defense. This is obviously, you know, as a defensive player, your offense puts up 36 points. You got to win that game. You got to win that game. Um, and the past two weeks I've talked to, and I've talked about this since the beginning, how as a, you know, when you're thinking about being a player on the Chiefs de- defense, you know, it would it wouldn't make sense to spend a ton of time worried about stopping the run. Teams that are coming in to play you, places that you're going, they're, you know, they're they're scheming for Patrick Mahomes. They know they have to score, they have to score a lot, they have to score fast. And so, you know, to think that they're going to come in in 23 personnel and just run power and ISO, you know, that's crazy. And to prepare for that just wouldn't be rational. Uh, at the same time, geez, you can't uh, you can't be giving up 18, 20 yards a clip on a run, <laughs> you know, because if you give teams that, that's going to be a problem. Um, now, when I look at this last game from a defensive perspective, this was this was the perfect game plan to go against this new Chiefs front, right? You, know, you look, we talk about Chris Jones. He's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Can rust the passers, got great get off. How fast and how quick he can play on the outside for a big guy is unbelievable. He can play all three positions. The, the one way to take advantage of Chris Jones in that end spot is to isolate him in the zone read and make him have to make those decisions and, and stop uh, Lamar and all those guys, those speedy guys on the edge in space. I don't care who you are. That is, you know, for an interior lineman, that is a difficult task. That is really hard to do. And you could see when you when I was watching Chris play a number of those plays, he he diagnoses the play correctly. Yeah. And if he was D Ford speed, he would have no problem closing in on the quarterback or on the back. But he's not. He's six five, three hundred and fifteen pounds. I mean, it's just it's hard to close that distance. And so I think that you got to tip your hat to Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. This game plan reminded me a lot. And, and I didn't put this together until I just looked before the show. But in 2012, when I was with the Jets, we were playing the 49ers. And this was Colin Kaepernick's breakout game. And they were, I remember the Niners were running plays against us that looked very similar to what the Chiefs were seeing. I thought, wow, I've seen, like, I remember, I've seen this before. Like, where have I seen this? Come to find out, Greg Roman, the OC with the 49ers in 2012, is now the OC with Baltimore. And so, and again, looking at this, it's the perfect way to isolate Chris Jones and take him out of the game. You put him in a really difficult spot. Nobody, nobody can, can make those plays. I mean, not no lineman, defensive lineman that big is going to be able to make those plays in space. Um, but then you saw the double pulls, the double unbalanced look, right? The yeah. Chiefs didn't adjust to in, the, in a short yardage situation. That's killer. You're in, you're in a short yardage package, right? Almost like a goal, goal line package. And you have one of your ends, your big ends, 
outside of their tight end on the on the unbalanced uh, away from the unbalanced side. That you're dead. I don't care if you have the greatest players in the world. You're out, man. Five people on the other side of the football. Um, so, and then again, you, we were talking about before the show the double pullers and the uh, the crazy reads, and you could see it as the game went on. The backers were really having trouble diagnosing what was going on. So you got to tip your hat to them. I mean, did you see that the same way? Because I was like, yeah. wow, this is tough. yeah. I definitely saw it the same way, and I think it's a copycat league. So a lot of teams, they the first two weeks of the season, they see, you know, Chiefs aren't doing too well against the run. So what are the teams going to do? They're going to try to run the ball. But I think that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. The reason why, then this is, I mean, this is the silver lining for me, and this is me not overreacting. We played the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Right. How are they set up? What are they designed to do? They're both, they both have big O-lines. They yeah. both have a great running game. I mean, Lamar is essentially the running back in Baltimore. Cleveland, it was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But they're designed to run the ball, and, and that's what they're outfitted for. So for other teams to try to do that, that might be not might not be the best thing for them because they not, might not have the personnel to do that. So right. um, I think that's the silver lining in it. But at the end of the day, nonetheless, we got to figure out a way to stop the run. Right. I mean, your, your film is your resume. It's out there now. So teams are going to try it. So the best way – you know, stop teams from doing that is to week after week shut it down. So they're like, okay, maybe that was just because it was Cleveland and Baltimore. But in, until that's on film, they're going to be seeing a lot of a lot of runs. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a perfect week to bounce back coming up because the Chargers, I don't think, have rushed for over 100 yards in the last two games. So yeah. this is a perfect week for them to bounce back. But there is another sort of aspect about this that I want to talk about because. Again, this game plan also reminded me a lot of 2013 with Chip Kelly and the Eagles, Mike Vick at quarterback, Sean McCoy. We go out there in week three, right? And uh, we've been preparing for this zone read type of offense. And um, they basically did the same thing to us at that game, right? I mean, they were Mike Vick had 150-something yards. And I remember they ran a certain play, and you, you had told me before, but it was called some sort of inline veer. Yeah. where I was at three technique, right? So I'm over the guard. And just like what happened with Chris Jones happened to me over the guard where the tackling guard split. And now I'm reading Mike Vick, who's looking at me and getting ready either to run at me or hand it out to LaShawn McCoy. And they crushed me. I mean, I hesitated. They handed it off and it was gone. Mike Vick was gone for 70 yards. <laughs> and that breaks my heart as a guy, <laughs> as a defensive guy, to, to think of that. It just absolutely breaks my heart but the one thing i wanted to talk about was when you look at the final score of that game they only they only had 16 points so 250 yards rushing was a bad day but we only gave yeah. up 16 points now when you look at the chiefs they've given up seven rushing touchdowns over the past two games so another thing, seven? oh was it i think it was i think it was maybe i didn't realize it was that many i thought it was yeah. Less. dang yeah seven rushing touch let me just double check to make sure but i'm almost certain because i I, I took a took a picture of these notes. That's thought, not wow, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, most rushing TDs allowed. Chiefs seven. Eight wow. other teams are tied for three. at three. So seven rushing touchdowns is is bad, right? Yeah. So you can give up all these yardages in the field and all that stuff. But when you get into the red zone and you get into that, you know that area, it, that's a that's a different mindset, right? That's when things got to really turn on. Get your bigger guys in there. Fundamentals down. 
And you got to keep them out of the end zone, right? You want to keep them to field goals, make them throw to score. You don't want teams running the football. And that is just yes. as demoralizing as it gets. And, um, uh, and yet the Chiefs, you know, have really struggled with that over the past two weeks. And so that's another thing when it comes to this run game. I, I go back to the past couple podcasts where I've talked about don't worry about the run. <laughs> you, you can't have these big runs a clip and you can't let them run the football in. And that's just, a, again, look, I played a nine years in the NFL. I, you couldn't pick me out from some 300-pound guy at the bar drinking beer. There's no difference, okay? It doesn't take a lot to stop the run. It really doesn't. It's yeah. really a mindset. You got Mindset. Gap mind control. You gotta, do your job. Yes, do your That's job. It. It's that simple. Get it. I look at these guys that are in there now, this defensive line. I wouldn't have made this team. These guys, the practice squad guys are better than I am. But you can just tell they don't – they're not playing gap sound. They're not playing technique sound. They're not in accord with the backers. I remember every game I was talking to DJ and those guys in Tamba and 50, Justin, where are we at? What are you seeing? Are we on the same page? Uh, you have to be in one accord with those guys. It's key. You see these runs where, you know, linemen are getting caught inside and backers are running way outside. And there's these massive gaps that, that backs are taking advantage of. You gotta, listen, gotta get the mindset right. I know, I know coach Reed, and those guys are going to be on them to, to, to do that. And you gotta be in, you know, you gotta be in communication with the back end, but the big, the big story is this. And I tweeted this out. This is all fixable stuff. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like definitely fixable. I think you have to have some urgency. Of course. I think the biggest issue is like you said, gap control, but also guys need to anticipate a little bit better. Right. That split second that you're taking the think and you're not processing the way you're supposed to align offensive linemen to the second level and blocking the linebacker. Right. You know, you're not expecting a double team. You're getting blown off the ball. Those little things that are within, you know, the game, game plan affects every single level of the defense. And now you have running backs getting up to safeties untouched. And now they're having to make tackles. And yeah. listen, DBs, you know, tackling is a part of the job description. Right. But they're not the best tacklers. We know that. A DB can be in the box, and as an offense, we'll make the guy, other guy the point to intentionally leave that guy unblocked because the running back's job is to make that guy miss, run him over. He's a DB. Right. He's right. the least likely to make the play. So that's our take on it as offensive players. We love to have DBs, you know, out in space, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, right. Linebacker, defensive lineman, getting penetration, linebacker out, you know, making a play. You know, it's, you know, it's likely to happen. But a DB, yeah, we like our chances there. Right. Right. No, that's that's it. So you got to get that fixed. These guys got to get that fixed. Um, and, and just one last thing, and I'm not trying to over concerned here, but I think these are variables that you got to pay attention to. You got to get this stuff fixed quick. So I remember when I was in the Jets, this was prior to the old, which is now the old CBA, but back when you can have full padded practices in December and we had one bad rushing game and Rex Ryan made everybody put on pads and we went out there and got after yeah, it yeah. training camp style two days in a row. And you better believe we got the run fixed. Now, after week seven, you you're, you don't have a lot of opportunity. There is no two days in pads. No. Uh, and, and at some point, there's no days in pads. And so the tackling, stopping the run, all that stuff that you and I have talked about on here, how important it is to be in pads, especially for the linemen to get their fits, they got to fix that stuff quick because you only have a few more weeks, you know, in pads where you could actually get after it. 
um, before you're going to have to take those things off. And then once you're in spiders, that's it's hell to try to fix that in spiders. Yeah. So sense of urgency there. Okay, so that's move. We'll get into the Chargers and all the things that you know we're looking forward to because I know this team's going to bounce back. I would hate to be LA coming into Arrowhead this week, but I do want to touch on one thing that I think uh, could be interesting for our fans, and you and I can speak to it from perspective now that we never could in the locker room, and that's how frustrating it can be when one side of the football isn't living up to you know, isn't doing their job, right? Yeah. Isn't holding their own. And, and, you know, you have one side playing at an incredibly high level and the other side uh, being such a detriment that you're losing games because of it. So, Jeff, take talk to me, brother. How, what's that like? What yeah. is that like? It, it, it could become toxic. And, yeah. and there's never going to be an even football team. There's always going to be one side of the ball that's better than the other. But when you're playing on teams where it's clear that you have a top, offense or defense and the bottom of the league offensive defense it's fingers started to get pointed right. my man if we were better on this side of the ball you know we'd be in the playoffs or we'd be a contender um and it, <laughs> there's some funny things that happen man i don't i don't want to spill all the things but i play for some teams where i've been on some bad offenses and the defense talk crap to us in, in, in practice and say you guys suck or or yeah. vice versa so Everyone has to hold up their end of the bargain. We've all had group projects, right? Yeah. yeah. How, does it, how does it feel to prepare for a group project and that one person doesn't hold up their part? They come on the day of the presentation and you know all along, you've done all the work. They say two words and, and they get credit for it. Um, yeah. That's that's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's... I. I didn't experience this in Kansas City. We, we, were, we were even. I mean, we were very even in Kansas City. Uh, when I when I was there, yeah. Um, when you and I were there, those early years. Um, Not my first year. We we sucked offensively. I mean, we sucked all around, but offensively, we were really bad. Yeah, yeah. but you're But when Alex got there, you guys you guys were hell on wheels. I I remember yeah. playing you guys at training camp, thinking, "Oh my goodness, this is awful." Um, but my last two years in New York with the Jets, 2011, 2012, uh, the offense had 52 interceptions, I think, over the course of those two years. And we still had top 10 defenses. And I just remember how, you know, over those two years, how frustrated we were getting, where it got to the point where Rex Ryan had to bring us together, the, the starters on defense, and say, look, like, we're, we're working hard. Like, try to keep your cool. Now, I remember, and I'm not somebody who, whom, oh, you know, I don't say much, you know, especially about something like this. But I remember, man, Jeff, we weren't even off the sideline from, from a three and out. And all of a sudden, defense back up. You know, it's like, listen, just just keep us out there. Because I'm yeah. more tired running over to the sideline. Just just let us go on offense so I don't have to run back and forth. On, I mean, I just remember being so mad. Uh, and so you fight it and you fight it, but that, that, can, that can build, you know. But – Here's the key. Here's the key. And here's what we didn't have in New York that they do have in Kansas City is great leadership. You yeah. got guys like Pat Mahomes. You got guys I mean, like Travis Kelsey. I was just uh, about to say that. Teams that I, were, that I was on where well, we did that, we didn't have great leadership and we were bad football teams. It doesn't matter if we were good on one side or the ball or the other. Right. We never came together. And the good football teams, they come together. They have great leaders. And I think this team, they have it. Um, and they're going to figure it out. 
right. and they're gonna hold each other accountable while doing it. Right. I know they're competitive, so in practice, it's gonna be some things said. There gonna be some words said. Right, right. But it's gonna be positive, constructive in ways mm-hmm. where the team can get better, not in ways where, you know, it's just gonna fester and be right. toxic and things go the opposite way. I think I, I think it's, this will be a good thing for him. Yeah, you're to- Jeff. You're totally right. I mean, I, when I think about it, I can't picture a toxic Chiefs locker room with the guys that they have. Like it's yeah. almost almost impossible to even fathom when you you know when Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes and Chris Jones are leading your team. It just it isn't going to happen. So uh, that's not something you'd have to worry about. But I did think it'd be fun to bring up because I know you and I hadn't experienced that before. All right, moving forward, we got the Chargers. Talk to me about what it's like as a player coming off one of these really difficult losses, and now you have to rebound and get ready for the next week, and not only rebound for another game, but in you know an in-conference game where you're going against uh, you know a team that it's really going to be important to bounce back and win. What what is that? What was your process like to bounce back from these games? The game couldn't come fast enough. I was looking yeah. forward to that next game. The moment we stepped stepped off the field after a loss especially if I didn't play well in the game. If it was a game where I didn't play well or if there was a critical play where it was one of those plays, you know, there's like four or five plays a game where, God, if we would have did this, we would have won it. If I was one of those plays, man, I, I couldn't sleep the entire week. I was re- waiting to get back out. I was laser focused throughout practice. I always prepared well, but my preparation preparation went through the roof. I was making sure that I wasn't going to be the guy next week. You know, I was holding other guys accountable. I was doing everything in my power to make sure that next week would be a win. Um, it's not a lot of pressure. I know people – it sounds like a lot of pressure, but that's just the way we operate um, yeah. as professional athletes, especially um, super competitive athletes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember the video guys used to hate me, especially if we had a game where we lost and uh, and I thought I did something that you know was bad or detrimental. Yeah. I was – I mean, I was like this every game, but especially after a loss like this, I was on them. I got the film when our coaches got the film, right? So you know how we're flying back from a from a you know from a game, and the coaches will get the breakdown right away. The media guys have that cut up and to them, the video guys. Uh, I had one of those iPads where as soon as that thing was cut up, I got it so I could watch yes. it. My anxiety was so high that I had to see it, and I would watch bad plays over and over and over. To the point, Jeff, now where I think if you were to put a game in front of me over my nine years from any point, I could remember the bad plays that I had in that that's, game. That's all I remember. That's all it. I remember. All I, I don't know. I can't remember one good thing. I can't. Sometimes I'm like, I, I don't know if, you know, what I actually did, but I know I did a ton of stuff wrong. It's the um, gift so, and the curse, man. It's a gift and a curse. Yeah. Yeah. It was a gift because. You like you said, we were back to work to fix that, and you couldn't wait to get to the next game to get that right. Uh, but yeah, but you don't forget about that stuff now. But yeah, I I think that that that's that's right, and I I also remembered having to sort of the paradox of this is you have to move on, yeah. right? So you have to get to the next, you have to get on to the next opponent, you have to be able to put the bad week behind you, flush that after film on Monday, and move on. Uh, and I know for a lot of younger guys, that can be tougher. For the older guys, you just end up getting used to it. Uh, but that, that's going to be key. The, the teams that really struggle are the teams that let one loss, you know, multiply into two losses and the three losses because they just can't they just can't get out of that funk. you got to put that stuff behind you and move on. And, again, this Kansas City Chiefs team is a team that's, that's clearly going to be able to get that done because of the leadership and the guys in that locker room. 
So we got the Chargers. I think I think this is a great game to bounce back. I know the Chargers have shown some good stuff. Uh, Coach Reed talked about how they're explosive. But, you know, like I said, under 100 yards rushing in both games, it's a great time to get the defense back on track. It's not like you're going into another Baltimore, another Cleveland. Yeah. Um, a lot of lot of uh, opportunity to get better here. Any any closing thoughts, Jeff? Before we get going, yeah, I think this is a good rebound game. Um, defensively, you know they're going to have to stop their weapons on the outside. Um, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, you know, sure. Justin Herbert, quarterback, who's a great young quarterback. Um, I think he's tremendous and has a really bright future and is is one of the guys that's the future of the league. But defensively, I think we should be able to do enough that the offense has opportunities to score a lot of points because defensively. I don't. I don't think San, San Diego is that great. I mean, I think they're all right. They got some good pass rush. They got Joey over there, right. but I think in the back end, I don't know if they can keep up with our wide receivers. So is that if that offensive line <laughs> gives Pat time, he's going to put up some points. So Whew. this is one of those games that you don't have a secondary. You just call up and say, "Hey, just take it." Well, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> we'll I, see you later. I, I think I think it'll be I think it'll be a good day um, for yeah. the entire team. It'll be good to get that bad taste out of their mouths. Um, but you got to do it. I know we're talking about it right now. We can envision what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, they got to go get it done. You know it, brother. Perfect game for it. Hey, Big Jeff, thank you for everything again. We'll see you all next week, Chiefs Kingdom, on another episode of One on One. Good luck to the Chiefs this weekend. And again, we'll see you next week. See you. Go Chiefs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.